two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. That's that's what it's gonna be like. And, well, and as often as we keep like manifesting things, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll just put a number out there, and who knows? Maybe we'll get our yeah millionth something or other. It might not be download, <laughs> but it'll it'll be our millionth something or other. <laughs> millionth something or other, yeah. A million bucks. I'll take a million bucks oh, instead yeah. of a million downloads. Hell yeah. yeah. Any day of the week. Any day of the week we can do that. Um, so yeah, uh, mine was good. How was yours? How was your like 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 New Year's, New Year's Eve? Did you did you go yeah, out was... and party? Did you did you call it did you like kind of play it play it chill? No, I'm I'm very old. I don't I don't party anymore. Yeah, I, same we same. stayed home. I made I did make a baller prime rib. I know oh, you saw that, yeah. but oh, God, I don't know if the listener saw it, but I threw that up on the Twitter. God damn that thing was good i and you are convincing me i think i think next next holiday holiday 22 um yeah i think i think i'm gonna challenge myself i'm gonna uh not not do a turkey not do a spiral ham but i think i think you've convinced me to give a like big juicy prime rib or uh, something like that a try because god dang that looked good i actually hit the meat trifecta this year i did a ham for Thanksgiving. I did a turkey for Christmas and then a prime rib right. for New Year's. So okay, yeah. yeah. So I have ascended to like a new level of like. <laughs> that's why I am Mark Meat Wasted Jones on Twitter because yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty fucking sure I need to become a vegetarian for all of January. <laughs> okay, so yeah, next holiday challenge is the twelve meats of Christmas, and we oh yes <laughs> do do uh, something alongside our wizard's chalices or. Something like that. So, um, <laughs> well, or yes. or even that too. Um, uh, I I had a an, an amazing, like an incredible belated uh, Christmas present from the Mrs. Wizard, uh, which is also up on my Twitter, and, and I don't know if we retweeted it from the Two Wizards account, but yeah, this like sweet wooden tankard that has the Two Wizards logo. Um, yeah, like kind of like I don't know if it's like laser etched, but it's kind of. Uh, imprinted on that. And that's super cool. Yeah, it's really, that's really neat. I am, I'm a little bit jealous of it, honestly. That's I, super neat. I, I, I don't know if I can drink out of it. I'm pretty sure it's just like hot glue on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> um, like, unless I put like a Dixie cup, like, you know, yeah, put a Dixie cup inside there and just kind of treat yeah. it like that. But it is, it, it's cool. It, it's uh, sitting right here next to me. It's, it's also supposedly made out of like whiskey barrel wood. Um, oh, very neat. At least it smells super smoky, but that could be like the laser etching too or something like that. But no, man, it's it, it's pretty sweet. She she knocked it out of the park this year. So right on, yeah, right, right on. on. Well, and I guess uh, that could also. I mean, that seems like as good of a time as any to uh, uh, bring our cold open to a close and to welcome everybody to the Two Wizards podcast. Uh, I'm Josh, Ooh. and I am a wizard. And I'm Mark, and I'm a wizard. Also, Josh, welcome to, uh, what is this, season four of Two yes. Wizards. Season, we're doing it, man. We are yeah, we doing are. it. Yeah, this is season four. We're not doing any hobbity weirdness. We're not doing any, uh, uh, oh, no, uh, uh, we ate too much meat, and so uh, now we're vegans. We're two vegans. Like, no, that's the, 
if that ever- um we are though we're gonna restart this i'm gonna cut us a new track and it's gonna be really just like low-key and humdrum two vegans Two Ugh. vegans. Yeah, the whole uh <laughs> two vegans. <laughs> Someone take me to the hospital. I have low blood sugar. Two vegans. <laughs> My name's Mark and I'm a No, I'm a vegan. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> Josh, what's in your wizard's goblet? Just I just hear you like uh, 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 uh. there's a little couscous. <laughs> Woof. Oh boy! Too. Oh man! Too good. Start the new year right by making fun of people that we think are different than us. Yeah. Well, they are different than us, but whatever. Yeah. uh, Twenty twenty one was a year of making fun of the French vegans. You just you just prepare yourselves because coming in hot, coming in hot season four. I mean, it's super hot. <laughs> we're angry wizards. Yeah, we're angry wizards this time around. Um, I mean, not that. I mean, we plenty had plenty of our flashes to anger um, previous seasons. But but you know what might help us kind of cool down, kind of kind of chill off What's a little that? bit. Well, and, and I think maybe this is just for me, and I don't want to like rub this in your face necessarily. But I think I I think I'm obligated now to say that in my wizards tankard, this is what I have instead of in my wizards chalice. Hell yeah. Um, but but in my well actually I have a, I have a few different things and I don't know which one I want to start with I think I'm gonna do this one um, okay uh, so yeah the Mrs Wizard got a variety pack from uh, Brew Dog uh, Brewing Company um, and one of the things that was in there is their uh, double cake marshmallow and chocolate stout oh wow okay yeah so seven uh, percent ABV uh, have your cake and drink it. Uh, is what it says on the side there. So, yeah, I'm going to start off with this one. I'm going to start off with this one. Okay. Uh, how about you, right. sir? What do you have as your uh, potable for this episode? Man, I would love to tell you that, like, I got something cool, like cake and marshmallow beer. <laughs> but I don't know if you saw this, Josh. We got hit with, like, the first actual snowstorm we've had all year. I did, actually. Yeah, my dad was sending me some uh, photos there. And, yeah, you guys got got dumped on. We, we did, and it's not that much, but it was enough that we haven't been ready for it. It's been a dry winter, but so, like, you know, the going gag of 2020 was, or 2021 was, ha, 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 supply chain, and holy shit, Josh, supply chain. <laughs> yeah. So literally yeah. yesterday after rocking my super long shift, I got a six-pack of beer, and the only thing we had that wasn't, like, PBR or, like, Corona or anything, or, like, the non-alcoholic Coors, which... Yeah, can't just you drink why? water? Yeah, can you, can you just drink water? Yeah, just like, like find, just like get a handful of sawdust, put it in water, and that's your non-alcoholic. Um, it gives cool. you the same color. Yeah, <laughs> but all we had, all we had really was like some weird shit or a Sierra Nevada Fantastic Haze Imperial IPA from Sierra Nevada from Sierra Nevada Brewing. It's fine. I don't hate these. They're okay. not terrible. Okay. But you know what I do have? And you inspired me. I have myself a tankard, and I'm going to grab it really quick. Yeah, that's right. Well, because really, if anything, I'm catching up to you because you've well established that, um, yeah, your your Green Bay Packers mug tankard is your, yeah, well, like one of your preferred uh, drinking vessels of choice. So 
Well, this one's different. This is a leather tanker that I got a couple years ago at the Colorado Renaissance Festival. Oh, shit. That's And it better. has a bore on it. Yeah, they made it out of Colorado, and you can't drink hot shit out of it. But you know mm. what? Special times call for special tankards, so... Yeah, this, this is... Well, and, and also, to be fair, um, yeah, it, uh, it, as neat as this tankard uh, that I was gifted is, um, I'm, I'm almost positive it's just for decoration. Uh, pretty sure I saw some, like, hot glue spots <laughs> down at the bottom. So... Um, yeah, for right now, I'm, I'm just drinking out of the can, but all the same, uh, here's on you, buddy. Cheers, buddy. Mmm, the taste of leather makes it more IPA delicious. Ooh, okay. whoa, okay, yep, there's, um, yeah, like waves of chocolate and marshmallow, and that's okay, that's alright. It's, yeah. um, that'll do, I think that'll do. Right on. Mmm, mm-mm-mm. Um, well, uh, I, I guess also, Mark. Um, now that we've have our have our beverages sorted out, um, yeah, you you've been you've been shouldering this podcast team for for quite some time, um, and and I felt it was it was only right that maybe I once again, and this even came up when we were doing our retrospective episode. Um, mm-hmm. Like I can count on one hand the number of times that I spearheaded. <laughs> One of our topics, <laughs> and just kind of going through that, I was like, "Oh yeah, shit! I gotta start pulling my weight again." So I'm gonna do it. New Year's resolution. All right. I have this episode, and I'll and I'll do better about taking more in the future here. Uh, so so yeah, I have this topic prepared. Um, and you're not flying in completely blind. I sort of hinted that I wanted to take take up this one. Um, yeah. A couple weeks back, but you don't necessarily know where I'm going or what I'm talking about. Or what things I want to I only on. have the broadest idea, but yeah, and, th- and even that broadness is a very vague broadness. So oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then, then, then what? Which we- seems oddly fitting for what I think it is, but yeah. What, yeah. what, what are we going to talk about, buddy? Well, we are going to talk about uh, Antarctica. Oh, okay. And just and I, I think my like kind of cute rationalization of this was like, oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's the holidays and everybody's attention's on the North Pole. And Santa Claus and all that, and but but what about like our like doesn't Antarctica and the South Pole feel like lonely that nobody's paying it like like it's it's all Christmas it's all North Pole it's all the Arctic and like nobody's paying attention to Antarctica so I I wanted to remedy that so yeah this this episode's topic is going to be Antarctica the, the hell yeah the landmass all the way at the s- south southern pole the globe. Um, the only continent that is not natively inhabited by humans, uh, all sorts of other things, all, all sorts of other good stuff like that. So, yeah, right on. Um, and so I guess, um, I mean, you know, typically when we pose episode topics and we give the briefest introduction, I think it's, it's kind of our common courtesy to be like, yeah, Josh, what do you think about, or, or when you think of mermaids, what comes to mind, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I don't know if like it, it quite works in this case, right? Because it's just like, oh yeah, it's Antarctica. It's that's what it is. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing, John Mountains Carpenter's of Madness, thing. Mount Erebus, Mount and Ma- maybe Erebus. hidden Nazi subpens. That's about all I got. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, and and I think that's all. Yeah, that's exactly it. It is this. Um, you know, we we've talked about often. Uh, it seems like you know the age of discovery, the the age of exploration is over and there's not new things to find out 
I mean, sure, there's the bottom of the ocean, and yeah, there's a lot of space stuff. Uh, but yet, Antarctica, I think, is truly that. It is like the place in the 21st century, in, in the new year, 2022, it's like, yeah, we still don't know a whole lot about Antarctica. And it's treacherous, it's dangerous to get there, even with all of our technology, even with all of our things mm -hmm. right now, people still die at Antarctica. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, it also just seems like, I don't know, kind of an especially wizardy topic because we could get into some of that weird that weird stuff about it too. Um, well, and it seems real apropos. We just got our first snow of the season. Well, Antarctica's yeah, covered too. in this shit. So like, mm -hmm. I'm definitely... The, I had to trek to work today through the driving winds just <laughs> yeah. to check for a load that wasn't there. <laughs> and boy, if I didn't kind of feel like, um, oh, what's his name? Not Ross, the other guy. Um, Shackle Sh Shackleton. Yeah, Shackleton. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And those names uh, and some more we will be returning to very, very briefly. Uh, so, so yes. Fantastic. I, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, and because and, and I think we can also get into a lot of things that you are well equipped to talk about because we are going to get into some uh, geography slash geology. Um, we're going to get into even like a little bit of like dinosaurs and stuff too. So yeah, I think this will be a good, I think this will be a good topic uh, for us here. If I, if I do say Son, so myself. I am excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, as with many episodes that I steer, we got to talk etymology. Where did this word come from? How did we get it? Um, uh, do you have any guesses, Mark? Do you have like, Oh, is there some, language that I seem especially like horned up for that I like kind of spaz out and say, did you know that that's actually a word from this language? Is there any one of those that come to mind? <laughs> well, I mean, smart money would say the Greeks, but I know you're leading me into like what Cambodian, right? Uh, yes, actually the native. I knew it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, you would absolutely. Sorry. I'll, I'll stop being silly. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's quite all right. And yes, you are absolutely correct that uh, Antarctica uh, does, in fact, uh, have a Greek etymology. And I'm, I'm not saying that this guy specifically came up with it, but one of the earliest um, places we see this written, and we have it in writing, is good old Aristotle, uh, your friend and mine. He wrote this uh, kind of scientific uh, treatise, this essay of sorts uh, called Meteorology. And as you also might imagine from that, his, his, his focus in that was talking about weather phenomenon. Like, how do we have rain and wind and stuff like that? Um, right. And so in meteorology, written sometime around 350 BCE. Um, and of course, also because I had to look this up, uh, meteorology means the study of things lifted up beyond. Uh, uh, meta meaning beyond. And then uh, ireo means to, to lift lift up so so it's a, oh, it's a okay. study of things that are lifted up kind of in the sky um and the section where this word antarctic uh comes up uh is from part five and he's talking about like the winds um and he's saying like yeah isn't it weird that like here in greece we have a cold wind come from the north uh and like our greek way of thinking says that like everything is in is like balanced right like nothing to excess on the one hand on the other hand Worship the average, mm. worship the mean. So, like, why don't we have a cold wind from the south? Doesn't that make sense? Uh, why do we have this warm tropic wind from the from the south instead? And so he says, well, this is why. In part five, uh, is he says, uh, the 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 question is sometimes asked, why do the north winds, which we call the uh, it, the etasia, uh, 
uh, blow continuously after the summer solstice when there are no corresponding south winds after the winter solstice. The facts are reasonable enough uh, for the so-called white south winds do blow at the corresponding season, though they are not uh, equally continuous and so escape observation and give rise to this inquiry. But the south wind blows from the Tropic of Cancer and not from the Antarctic region. Oh. And, okay, cool. There it is in writing, but why is it Antarctica? What does that mean? Or, or the Antarctic re re region? Why is it called that? Well, as you may know, uh, the Arctic is on the opposite side. So there's the Arctic up north mm -hmm. and then the Antarctic down south. So literally what Antarctic means is like opposite of the Arctic. Oh, like, oh, like the anti, okay. Yeah, okay, like, that makes yeah, sense. like the anti-Arctic. Uh, and if that still isn't quite as satisfying for you, well, then uh, why is the north part named the Arctic? Well, uh, there's the North Star, right, that, that, uh -huh. that points us north. And one of the major constellations that helps us locate the North Star is this little thing called Ursa Major. At least in Latin, that's uh -huh. what it's called. Mark, what does that translate uh, to in English? The Big Bear. The Big Bear. And the Greek word for bear is Arctos. Okay. So, it, it's so like Antarctica literally means opposite bear land. <laughs> you know that, but like in a weird roundabout way, that only makes sense. There's not polar bears in exactly. Antarctica, but they're thick up north. So yeah, like exactly, you find polar bears. That only honestly Arctic. makes like the best like logical roundabout sense I could ever make of any. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, and so. It can, so granted, Aristotle doesn't argue that in meteorology, but it does. It makes absolute sense. Arctic has polar bears. Antarctic does not have polar bears. Greeks win again. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. And so then he goes on a little bit too. Um, and basically what he says is like, okay, well, there's the cold regions at the very north and the very south. There's the really warm regions around the equator. And then we Greeks just happen to live in this little sweet temperate zone between the two extremes. So boom, there's your mm -hmm. balance. Yeah. And then he hypothesizes, well, uh, since, you know, we're closer to the North, there must also be this space um, in the South where they have the cold winds come from the South and then the warm tropical winds come from the North. And so that's where, you know, you'd find Australia, right. And parts mm -hmm. of Africa and parts of South America. So, so, so yeah, so that's where the word is first or, or very early uh, attested in writing. Um, and the, there also was this long idea of like, yeah, there's all this land. There's, there's, all, there's all these people here in the north. And so there has to be like an equally corresponding one in the south because uh, right. balance. That's how it works. And so um, the name for this hypothetical theoretical landmass in the south for the longest time was... Terra Australis, which is okay. Latin for the Southern Land. Um, mm -hmm. And this is attested, uh, this like hypothetical landmass con uh, land continent, uh, this is attested as far back as this uh, Roman uh, cartographer, map maker dude named uh, Macrobius Ambrosius Theodosius uh, in the 5th century CE, so like 400s CE. Uh, he had maps that listed Terra Australis on it. Um, some thousand years later, a Spanish navigator named Luis Vaz uh, de Torres, uh, he found 
a landmass south of modern-day Papua New Guinea, and he found that in uh, he was on an expedition uh, over the years uh, 1605 to 1606. Mm-hmm. So, like the time that William Shakespeare was writing Romeo and Juliet. Um, Jesus, that's when that's when uh, this guy <laughs> Luis Basle Torres found this huge landmass south of Papua New Guinea. Um, and, uh, and they were thinking like, oh, is this, is this, is, is this, this like long hypothesized, uh, Terra Australis. It took another like 150 years though. Uh, and this time an Englishman, a guy named Alexander uh, Dalrymple in 1762 translated documents from the Torres expedition and, uh, Dalrymple. Rimple later estimated, uh, quote, the number of inhabitants in the southern continent is probably more than 50 millions, (laughs) considering the extent from the eastern part discovered by Juan Fernandez to the western coast uh, seen by Tasman uh, is about 100 degrees of longitude, which in the latitude of 40 degrees amounts to uh, 4,596 geographic uh, miles. And he goes on to say, this is a greater extent than the whole civilized part of Asia, from Turkey to the eastern extremity of China. Uh, There is at present no trade from Europe thither, uh, though the scraps from this table would be sufficient to maintain the power, dominion, and sovereignty of Britain by employing all its manufacturers and ships. So Dalrymple is like, yo, Terra Australis is enormous. It's got to have 50 million people in it. And... Uh, could easily like wipe out the world with the power, dominion, and sovereignty uh, of of its manufacturers and ships. <laughs> Colonialism in the house. <laughs> we got to go take it back from them. Yeah. So he was. He was like super. And again, who knows where he? Because Torres didn't write. Where that. did you get fifty million from? I whatever. And I'm not even. A, I'm sorry. I'm not trying okay. to like. Well, I can't. I can't make fun of back then guys like well but but also i just i just got to look that uh, this up real quick um so if he estimated 50 million uh just in this continent around the year 1760 yeah that would be just about double um what the world actually had so jesus maybe like an extra third something like that okay everyone would later discover though i yeah there's there's just not there's just not as many there's just not as much land in the southern hemisphere as there is in the north so we don't have to worry about yeah the like people who the the 50 million on this vast continent um taking over the world fortunately because it's mostly ocean (laughs) i also like the idea that like that's all that we existed for back then was no no there's 50 million here. They're going to cut. They're just going to take us. It's fine. That's yeah. all there is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, one, no one thought about like, boy, do you think they've got cool stuff down there? Who cares? Fuck them. Let's kill them before they can kill yeah. us. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is literally George Bush's like weapons of mass yeah. destruction speech. Yeah. In, the, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Bush doctrine could have maybe been called the Dalrymple doctrine. Like doesn't roll off the tongue as well doesn't roll off quite as well no you're you're true you're you're true there um and so and so yes also as you know mark um australia um was like sort of first used by the british uh, explorers there as like a prison colony as a Mm -hmm. a, a penal Mm -hmm. colony um and it was but it wasn't called australia it was called new holland 
mm-hmm. and it was only up until about the 18th century uh, that it was later named Australia. So, like, kind of fitting that, okay, like, I guess this is a southern continent. I, I could have sworn this Terra Australis would have been even further south, but hey, here's this Australia. So, I guess we can do that. <laughs> um, and I, I know we were with our um, mysterious lights um, talking about the. Uh, Minmin lights, right? Yeah, Minmin lights. Uh, we, we we sort of like gave a gave a wink and a nod to Australia, but we probably could do like a full episode or even like a series of episodes on Australia because it's oh yeah, it's super super cool. Um, and also just to kind of, I feel like I need to give my due diligence here. Um, so okay, yeah, that's what all these like uh, pasty british dudes named this land but what about like the indigenous people of australia what did they call it what was their term for it before whitey showed up and at least according to uh australia unwrapped.com uh i mean that's even kind of the wrong question to ask because right there were like and and the website says keep in mind that the the aboriginal peoples had over 200 diverse and rich languages to say there was just one is like a complete misforming of, of the question. Um, yeah, you're really glossing over that. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, just kind of to to throw out a few. Um, when they talked about Australia, they often just referred to it as land or ground. So um, in the midwestern portion of Australia, they they called it Uthuru. Uh, Barna was in the Murchison region. Beek in the Woiwurrung language of Melbourne and uh, Kukrek in the Wemba Wemba language of Victoria. So yeah, to say the like, oh, well, what did what was Australia called before the British called it Australia? It's like, well, okay, which one out of 200? Um, <laughs> we got to pick one or the other, yeah. Yeah, we got to pick one. But you know what? But again, we're not doing Australia. We're doing Antarctica. Yeah. And yeah. so... Yeah. We'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. And we want to. We want to, we want to spend more time there in Oz, as they say. Um and so, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, and so, yes, everyone is thinking like, okay, maybe there's still this other continent. I don't know. And so this next section is when we go from hypothetical to actual and the actual first kind of discovery and exploration that we have documented of Antarctica. Um, okay. And so it wasn't all this. This blows my mind. This wasn't until 1820 that we had first sightings of Antarctica and I kind of specified by like people from the Northern hemisphere who knows, maybe like some whites. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some like, yeah. Badass Maori dudes like sailed down there. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but yeah, it was only 200 years ago that That's insane people from yeah the northern hemisphere saw uh, antarctica that's crazy that's crazy that's nuts uh and so they're all in like kind of short succession and each of them kind of lay claim to different things but but the three big names uh the first one is uh fabian gottlieb von belling bellingshausen uh he was a captain in the imperial russian navy and uh, he spotted the thimble ice shelf uh, from the sloop of war uh, Vostok uh, with a uh, with guy, uh, Mikhail Lazarev. And that happened January 27th, uh, 1820. Holy shit. So, yeah, man, just 
200 years like ago. Like, literally 200 years ago. Like... That's nothing. What, 200 years and 24 days? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, well, yeah, yeah, 202 years, 24 days. That's wild. Oh, yeah, because this is 2022. Yeah. I'm... I'm still getting over the time 21 is, is over. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> time is still weird. Time is weird. So, uh, yeah, um, America as a nation is 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 like older in the uh, northern hemisphere conscience than Antarctica is. It's crazy. God. It's crazy. The next name that I want to mention is Edward Bransfield. He's a captain in the uh, British Royal Navy. Okay. Uh, and he spotted what is now called Trinity Peninsula um, three days later. And okay. Uh, and we'll we'll I'll also get into like the distinction here. So like Bellingshausen saw an ice shelf, which is basically just like part of an ice mass that is floating on water. Um, mm-hmm. And then Bransfield saw like actual land, land ho, at Trinity Peninsula some three days later. Um, I found this interesting too. So yeah, these two sites are about fifteen hundred miles away. So it's not like they were trailing so two each dudes other. just like lucked into it at the same time. Yeah, just lucked into it at, at the same time, three three days apart. God damn. Um, it, it, it it's not that Bellinghousing like got on Twitter and said like, "Hey, land ho," and then Bransfield was like, "Gosh, shit, that motherfucker! I got it. no like this is happening essentially simultaneously, right?" Wow. Um, and then, um, uh, and then 10 months after, uh, Bransfield, the, the third name that was often credited as like one of the first to actually, uh, see Antarctica was Nathaniel Palmer. And he was not in the Imperial Russian Navy. He was not a captain in the Royal Navy. He was an American sealer. So he was oh shit getting, uh, seals, uh, down in Antarctica and, selling them cheap and that's how and that's how he that's how he found an antarctica deal um wow and so and so yeah that all kind of transpired in uh, 1820 uh and this also kind of blows my mind too so the first unofficial landing of somebody setting foot somebody from the northern hemisphere setting foot on antarctica uh is attributed to this guy named john davis who's another sealer uh from Mm -hmm. From, from America. So America, fuck yeah. Stepping on Antarctica first. <laughs> Coming again to club the motherfucking seals. Uh, and that is said to have happened in 1821. So that following year. Um, God damn. However. So we found out about it and then we all booked it down there. Yeah, all pretty much. Well, here's here's what, what happened. Here's what's interesting. There are uh, some historians who are extremely skeptical of this. Maybe this guy was telling stories. Maybe he was just trying to put his name out there. So that's why I say this was the first unofficial landing. Uh, mm-hmm. But the first documented official, yes, we have the receipts. Uh, he Here's his like parking stub. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> this was made by a Norwegian Swedish whaling ship. All And it took all the way until 1895. So like seven, holy so like shit! Seventy-five years later, uh, like the okay. first documented, um, and that ship's name, fittingly enough, was the Antarctic. <laughs> and it was like it was like right. 
it, it was like 50 years uh, in, in service by that time. So it, it's not like they were up in Norway, Sweden. It's been like, oh, Sven, you know what would be real cool? Let's make a boat and call it the Antarctic and sail it down to Antarctica. Um, no, like this thing was doing work for like 40 years, 50 years before it went all the Damn. way to the other side of the world. That's also crazy too, right? Yeah. Like just to be out, just to be out killing whales for that long. Like, yeah. And your home base is like, again, like almost polar opposite. Your home base is up in, yeah, like the Baltic, uh, Norway, Sweden, S- Scandinavia. And yet you're yeah. doing work. You're hunting seals all the way like the opposite part of the globe jesus yeah it's it, it which which also when we were talking about this was making this was reminding me a lot of um your great lakes shipwrecks episode because again just like dudes braving the elements going out there um and 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 we'll get into some of the, some more some, some of the stories more um here in, in a minute but yeah i was definitely getting those vibes getting all these getting all these names and stories and all that that's awesome, man. I love, I love it. It's, yeah, it is. It, I miss it. Like, I don't miss it because mm-hmm. really this is just predicated on, like, the butchery of seals and whales for oil and stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, whatever. It's 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 a shitty subject. But, like, goddamn, Josh, if you could tell me, like, tomorrow, like, hey, you you want to go with me and we're, we're going to go crew a whaling vessel for eight months? Yeah, I would love Hell to. Yeah, That'd be great. Let's go. You know, as that old saying goes, Mark, um, sometimes in order to find a new continent, you have to crack open a couple hundred seals' skulls. <laughs> <laughs> you can't find a, a new continent without breaking ecosystems' biodiversity. <laughs> okay, so all that being said... This also blows my mind. Okay. Uh, so, Captain James Cook, very famous cat, you know, all the stories about him. Uh, he got 75 miles away from Antarctica. He almost found this thing. Oh, wow. About a century earlier in 1773. Okay. So, so we were just talking about that like this was yeah this was only 200 years ago three years before america's birthday yeah uh birth i guess really yeah the american revolutionary war is is doing its thing it's in full swing right um and he got as close as 75 miles away from from seeing it uh if not if not for like uh, 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 coming across some some sea ice and being very treacherous and mind you these are all of these explorers that, that I've named so far. These dudes are in wooden ships, wooden boats, uh, with sails. They're wind-powered. That yeah. That's what these guys are doing. And it's it's wild. It is wild. It's wild stuff. God damn. That's insane to think about. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it is. And so, and so yeah, we, we almost, we meaning like humanity collectively, all, or at least again, us in the northern hemisphere almost found this thing. Yeah, like fifty years before, uh, but just just some ice got in the way and prevented uh, Captain Cook from from spotting Antarctica uh, in the seventeen seventies. So global warming would have helped him out if there was no yeah. ice there, huh? Could have, yeah. could have, could have been there. Could have <laughs> been there that much sooner. Um. <laughs> well, no, I guess not though, because like. <laughs> 
they, they had less cedar traverse if the ice was higher. So, yeah. We, we, right. And, and also keep that in mind, too. Keep that in mind, too, about ice yeah. and sea levels and all that good stuff. Um, just a, a few other kind of uh, notable uh, people here uh, making firsts. Some of them kind of arbitrary. Some of them, I don't know, maybe not. Uh, you already mentioned uh, this fellow, James Clark Ross. Um, mm-hmm. He discovered an island and then a, a patch of water that would later be named after him. That would be, of course, uh, Ross Island in the Ross Sea. Um, mm-hmm. That happened in 1841. So, okay. um, y- yeah, like, and, and then that's also where it gets kind of contentious, too. Like, well, does Ross Island count as Antarctica? And if he and his crew, you know, were trotting around there, does that mean he was there? It, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll leave that up to other people to uh, decide. But that, but yeah, that was in 1841. Um, Do you know how far Ross Island is from like the landmass itself, so, offhand? So, um, if you sorry to like totally no 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 no. You. So so if you kind of like yeah have that kind of image of Antarctica in mind, um, it, yeah, it almost looks like uh, Australia turned on its side, but also has that big peninsula kind of sticking out. So Ross Island is what is is, is found in what is called the Ross uh, Ice Shelf. So again, it's mm-hmm. like huge uh, extension of ice over water. Um, and it is about, it's about, I don't know, maybe like 20 miles from the mainland. Uh, so that would be like Madagascar is to... Africa. Yeah, it's so it's it's like super close, but again, there's like all it's it, it's an island in a whole bunch of ice, and right, right, right. You you can't really like sail much further into it. You have to like hoof it, and I think that's the other thing that makes expeditions and exploring Antarctica different than say like you know sub-Saharan Africa is, um, yeah, you, you got to like pack up your stuff, and you're it's in like you know minus forty, minus fifty degrees that you're trying to yeah like go walk about and can you really tell the difference between oh no here's ice but there's only uh seawater underneath it versus here's ice where there's a landmass under it so you don't really know um and that's why that that's just nuts like yeah how much of that is is just frozen ice like oh we will yeah we will we will and yeah we will answer that question short uh certainly Oh, cool, cool. Um, well, and and you even you also kind of uh, mentioned this one. So uh, in the in in this Ross e- expedition, uh, two of the ships, the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror, um, would give their names to two mountains on Antarctica. Um, mm-hmm. So there's Mount Erebus, also very special. We're going to talk more about, uh, and Mount Terror. Uh, you also threw out this name, Ernest Shackleton. This was in uh, 1907. Uh, this was the Nimrod expedition, not named because they were dum-dums, uh, but because their boat was named Nimrod, and Nimrod was a mighty hunter. He wasn't an idiot. He was a yep. mighty hunter. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the uh, crew members there, Edgeworth David, became the first person to climb Mount Erebus uh, there on Ross oh, Island. wow. Uh, and... Uh, the Shackleton expedition was the first to reach the magnetic South pole. So Hmm. as you mentioned too, right? Like, uh, Hey, here's this new landmass. Here's all these white dudes from Europe who are like scrambling 
and clawing and uh, fighting each other to get there first and explore and lay their claims and all that. Um, and so, so yeah, Shackleton was like desperate to get to like the true South Pole, the geographic South Pole, but he made it all the way down to the South Magnetic Pole, which is only off by what, like ten degrees, something like that. Damn, that's that's still pretty damn good for it being. 1907 i mean like like let's let's take a pause and say yeah white folks are always bad and yes we should all be fucking ashamed of our past and all that good shit but holy shit josh yeah, holy that's shit. so cool like <laughs> also no one like you can't subjugate penguins i'm sorry yeah. whatever i'm done i'm done i'm not gonna say anything because i'm not i don't want to say anything bad maybe <laughs> okay. fantastic haze ipa is making me a little bit <laughs> yeah a little shitty but like if i say no that's okay man in this case at least like Right, 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 right. But colonialism is a tragedy. Yes, it's awful. Yes, everything is terrible. Yes, we killed the seals. But fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, like, no, it is. It is. And then, and then it was. It was just a. And that motherfucker climbed Erebus. He just climbed it. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just like, oh hey, here, here's a mountain uh, at the like bottom of the globe, freezing weather, below freezing weather, super freezing weather, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna climb this thing. <laughs> Uh, but of, of course, the the big um, uh, uh, competitor to Shackleton uh, was the Norwegian uh, Roald uh, Amundsen. Oh yeah, and it was uh, Amundsen from the ship From uh, who became the first to reach the geographic South Pole on December fourteenth, nineteen eleven. And so they nineteen eleven. Yeah, nineteen eleven. Just just a hundred years ago, and and some change, God but damn. still just a hundred years ago. Yeah, but like really not like mm-hmm. right. God, so, wow. Right, and so, um, does that fuck you up? Like no, as it does. as like as advanced as we th- say that we are, and yeah, we're we as a as a species are pretty damn advanced. But damn, dude, like you and I are sort of in like the weird like tail end of this. Yeah, yeah. Shit, man. Like, cause what that nineteen eleven that would have been. 77 years before I was born. Like, right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. My, like, my, the gap of time between the first guy, between, and I can't think of his name right now, but the first guy seeing it. And then like the second guy, God damn. Like, yeah, my, uh, wow. Yeah. Like our, our great grandparents were that generation. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That's crazy. They would have read it. Well, maybe not read about it. Maybe they would have been a bit too young to read about it, but like, mm-hmm. That would have been like the news of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy yeah, they, they they would have maybe been like, yeah, like early teenager or something like that. My my great grandmother, uh, yeah, she was born. Well, actually, okay, yeah, maybe they would have been right about when they were born. But still, it is. It's just within just only one or two more generations removed. Um, but yeah, it it's it's just wild. It's just wild. That's. That's crazy. Um, and then also, to, well, this this is kind of funny too. This is kind of funny too. Um, as again, as I'm reading about all these expeditions, and I'm saying like, oh, this happened in January of this year, and then this happened in December of this year. And I was like, these these dumb dumbs. Why are they going on these expeditions in December and January when it's winter time? And then I was like, oh, it's the no. the side of the world. And then, and then I was like, no, they aren't the dum-dums. I'm the dum-dum. <laughs> I'm the moron who would have 
yeah, uh, gotten frozen and like fallen off the side of the ship. Because yeah, we're in the southern hemisphere, you idiot. And that's <laughs> going in April, boys. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so so yeah. That also, I, I think that's also kind of fitting too. That a lot of these um, achievements are falling around. Yes, this kind of time of year. Um, but again, in like. The, when when the southern hemisphere is uh, in the summer and when you definitely do want to go where you have like 20 hours of daylight and it's as warm as it's ever going to be uh, as opposed to like, you know, June. <laughs> but it is. I am not too proud to admit that I had a dumb, dumb moment. I had a dumb, dumb wizard moment. It's like, wait a sec, these morons, why would they... Why would they go to Antarctica in like January? That makes no sense. Oh. Oh. If it if it makes you feel any better, the only reason I know that is because of the Simpsons when they go to Australia and Homer's all excited to go sledding. Yeah. <laughs> well but also Dad, it's actually sense. summer down there. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember the same thing with the Australian Open um tennis tournament. Because it, it also happens mm. like I forget when exactly it is, but I was like, man, really? January? That's what they're playing? All right. Right. And they actually have to worry about, like, heat stroke. (laughs) No, that. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, having to, like, sweat out in an Australian summer and play tennis? I don't even play tennis, and I know I'd die. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, you're right. Exactly. Um, but, But also, I would be remiss if I didn't give a nod and a shout out. To the ladies of these Antarctic expeditions, because there are some, also some notable names uh, here too. So, uh, the first, okay. the, the the first women uh, to have set foot on Antarctica were uh, Caroline Mickelson, who landed on an island uh, below the uh, yeah below the um, uh, Antarctic Circle. That's what I was looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. That happened in 1935. Uh, and uh, Ingrid Christensen stepped onto mainland Antarctica in 1937. So also, like, just within a couple of years of, of each other, uh, which is neat. I think that's also neat, too, because, like, you know, when we talk about yeah, the Spanish explorers or the Portuguese or whatever, it is it's just mm-hmm. dudes, it's just dudes, dudes at that time. And not that I'm, like, full on, like, oh, no, we need to, like, everything's 50-50. But it is cool that, like, yeah, here are some women that go do this thing. And at all the uh, scientific stations and bases on Antarctica now, there's women there. And they're doing their thing. And they're kicking butt. And, um, uh, yeah, go, go women, go. <laughs> go women, go. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool, too, though. Like, I don't know. It, I get horned up for, like, women doing cool shit. Remember with our pterosaur episode, that one, I can't think of her name, in, um, with the um, Ropin. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was down there, like, before anybody else was. It was yeah, like, hell yeah. Goddamn right, man. Like, yeah. Goddamn right. I get horned up for women in STEM, I guess is my point. Right. Well, and uh, I'm married to a Mrs. Wizard in STEM, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, so hell yeah. So so yeah. I that is that brings us literally to Antarctica and the first sort of like, and 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 I think this is the other thing that bears mentioning too. Like this is the only continent that doesn't have an indigenous human population, but there are people on there right now. Like as we are recording yeah. this episode, um, there are yeah people 
down there doing work, basking in the summer months, because it's because because that's what they are right now. Um, and so and so, yeah, I think I think it's just neat that with trying to figure out which one of them has been infected by the alien life form. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and and yeah. Sorry, I'll get off the thing. I'll get off the thing. Well, but but yeah, in the um, yeah, in the uh uh, two hundred years since we've like known about this thing, it's not just a hypothetical. It's not just sort of like backward ancient Greek logic that everything has to be balanced. So there must be something. Uh, there must be a continent down there to like, oh, shit, there actually is one. And yeah, now we have uh, bases <laughs> there that you can fly helicopters around and you can connect to the Internet. Uh, that's that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, and I would also be uh, remiss if I didn't mention uh, if there were any further doubts about Metallica being the best band of all time, they truly are the only band to have played on Antarctica, played a show on Antarctica, making them the only band to perform on all seven continents. A fact which breaks my heart because, God damn it, do I hate Metallica, but yes. <laughs> props for props are due. It's, it's cool as shit, give, whatever. Yeah, you gotta give credit where credit I also gotta that. wonder, like... What I, and whatever, I guess I'll never like look up that demographic of the audience, but like, did anybody there was anybody there excited to see him? Like, your brother, your your brother in law, like, Reroy wasn't down there yeah. going, like, Yeah, Metallica, I'm here to do core samples, fuckers, yeah, well, yeah right. So that's just like, I just smoked weed out of this penguin's asshole, <laughs> woo, like, I, whatever. It's Metallica, good for, good for you guys, yeah. Can you, you, you bought you bought rights to a movie and sampled it in a song and then said that you guys were too broke. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no fair. Fuck fair Metallica. Enough. One I, wizard here is saying fuck Metallica. I I am I am giving them credit for for that and not necessarily anymore because yeah I'm I'm ambivalent. I if I can take them or leave. I guess the black album was okay. It's fine. Unforgiven's pretty pretty okay. Right. Unforgiven's fine. Right right right. So so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Antarctica. Uh, it's amazing. It's great. W- would you ever wanna? Like, I know I asked this about, like, oh, would, would you ever want to, like, uh, do, like, a suborbital space flight? Or would you want to, if, like, space travel, space tourism opens up, would you want to go to the moon? Would you ever want to go hang out in Antarctica? Uh, oh, like yeah. The, like, hell yeah, dude. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, without even, like, man, I would rather do that than really anything else. Like, I feel like that'd be cooler. <laughs> like, it's one of those things, and, you know, there's... Your whole experience is going to be dictated by, like, other people or the food you're eating. And, yeah, the food might be important because I don't want scurvy. But shit, man. Right. I would, like, I would sail from that, like, southern tip of South America down. Like, that'd be mm-hmm. dope as shit. Like, it'd be, well, and, and this is the thing that I was kind of thinking, too, is it, see, is it seems like, and I, I understand, like, just how awful this is going to sound, but it's like, that's what, like, Antarctica is, like, what the... Himalayas used to be. Yeah. But now it's like a full-on industry. And it's like, oh no, like like more people than ever quote-unquote climbed to the top of Mount Everest. And like, yeah, that takes some doing. The chloric intake is crazy. People still die. Like, May goes, but it, but it is. It's like, it's, it's like a cottage industry, the like climbing Mount Everest uh, tourism business. Whereas in Antarctica, it's like no, like okay, hey, here here's like a, a scientific team crew rotation that you could maybe like catch a ride on, 
and you still have to go all the way to the goddamn end, end of the world and um so I, I think I think it's I think it maintains it or, or retains some of that that like the Himalayas used to have. Yeah, well, it's it really that's like the last frontier of the world. I mean, I guess both poles are the last frontiers of the world for us. You know. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Shy of, of you know the, like, deep surface. sea and stuff, but like we're right. not good. We're not going to, like, send a team to, like, the bottom of the Marianas Trench. It's not a thing that's going to happen. We're not going to go find Rulier. Like, right. but right now we have Antarctica. But even now, mm-hmm. it's still a weird, ooky, spooky, mysterious thing. And I, it's great. Yeah, no, I'd go in a heartbeat. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I would. Like, dude, I would, I would pick that over going to the motherland, honestly. Like, I would mm-hmm. pick Antarctica over Greece. But, yeah. Because, and I think it is, it's because of that challenge, too. Right? It is. It's like the whole, like, no, okay, like. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be super, it'd be super cool. I would do it. Hell yeah. And I bet um, penguins delicious. I'm sure of it. It has to be. It has to be. Um, <laughs> well, wow. And, you, you mean chicken that only eats shrimp and tiny fish? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can't get more free range than that. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, what also is delicious is I think what I have next in my wizard's tankard, um, and this is also from BrewDog, the same variety pack. Uh, and this is their Jet Black Heart uh, Espresso Oatmeal Milk Stout. Okay. Uh, clocking in at 6% ABV. Dive into the dark abyss, it says. Which is also, I guess, kind of Very, very for, appropriate, sir. Very yeah, appropriate. Topic. Um, are you still sticking with the Sierra Nevada? Um, I swapped to a Coors because I don't want to get too shithoused. But, okay, yeah. no, that's, that, that's fair to you. That's fair to you. And uh, it did the whole. Like, oh yeah, and this is on nitro even. So oh, uh, bottoms up. So dump it like a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, okay, so so now that we've discovered this place that is Antarctica, now that we're exploring and we have our binoculars and our sled dog team and all that stuff, let's. Let's maybe, yeah, spend the next part um, talking about, uh, yeah, it's geography and geology, because those are related. Ooh, I know uh, some of so, that stuff. Yeah, well, and, and yes, I, I, I know, uh, yeah, the sort of first half, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was more me, and I'm sure, so by any means, like, feel free to jump in. I, I have some questions for you. I don't know some things, and I'm sure okay. that you'll, you'll be able to kind of sit in here. Uh, and, well, and, and, and yeah, I think I, I did mention to you, um, uh, one of the key differences is yeah, the difference between an ice shelf, which is ice that's floating on water. It's not detached like an iceberg, but it's but yeah, so there's the ice shelf, which extends crazy far distance. Um, and then uh, what you call that same phenomenon, but when there's uh, terra firma underneath, that's called an ice wall. Mm-hmm. So ice shelf versus ice wall, that's what it is. Which, if you're a flat earther, that's the like that's the barrier yeah. that stops you from falling off into the yawning right. chaos of space is the Antarctic ice wall. Yeah. R- of course, because that's what a wall does. It- <laughs> and then you climb it and you go take back the north for the fucking free folk. Yeah. <laughs> Fly the banner of Mance Raider. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, We're going to do Flat Earth no, at some point, and it's going to be dumb as shit. <laughs> it is. It is going to be extremely dumb. Extremely dumb. Um, okay, so, so yes. Um, 
uh, Antarctica is, of course, uh, its own separate continent. Uh-huh. Uh, it is the fifth largest. Uh, it's about 1.3 times the size of Europe. So wow. a little bit bigger than Europe. Um, coastline measures roughly uh, 18,000 kilometers or about 11... Thousand one hundred uh, miles, uh, and uh, so I mean there very well could be room for the that those fifty million uh, people who <laughs> lived. Or okay, also here, here you go. Here's 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 another one because um, you mentioned at, at the Mountains of Madness. Yeah, um, one of my favorite shorter Lovecraft stories, or, or even just creatures. Uh, is the great race of Yith who is said to live mm. or, or or have lived on Antarctica because they're really just like big librarians. Like, sure, they have like scary claws and weird like tentacle trumpet things, but they're just librarians. They just like keep books of stuff. So I'm, if, I'm Yeah, if for... you overlook that whole like war of resubjugation for the Shoggoths and shit, it's like a giant analogy for, nah, slavery is fine. It gets shit done. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. I Which, mean, whatever, there, there it, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that part. But it, also... it does get shit done, I guess, but... Yeah. <laughs> What's better than, you know, paying your workers? Fucking free labor, baby. CDC <laughs> right. says only quarantine for five days now. <laughs> yeah. The CDC now says if you're of the great race of Yith um, on Antarctica, um, you... Can yeah, you can get back to stocking the library shelves after five days. Of, uh, yeah. Oh man, uh, hashtag too real. Yeah, uh, they are recommending wearing an N95 mask over two of your three orifices. But <laughs> go ahead and manifest that mouth orifice and put the mask over that. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. All right. Back on. Right. You're you're absolutely correct. Too real. Uh, but but back to Ant Antarctica. Um, there is the Trans-Antarctic Mountain Range that sort of cuts the uh, continent into eastern and west. Uh, the mm -hmm. eastern part is, is uh, larger. The western part, uh, that's where you find like the Ross uh, Ice Shelf and Ross Island is in the western part. Um, and you mentioned this, Mark, and again, just blowing both of our minds. About 98% of Antarctica is covered by an ice sheet, an ice wall. Mm -hmm. that averages 1.2 miles thick. God damn. It's a, it's a mile, it's about a mile and a quarter on average thick of ice. That is 1.3 times the size of Europe. Man. What the shit, dude? <laughs> and not to be that guy, but like, but what do you think is under it? But fuck, what do you think is under that shit, yeah, man? Yeah, what do you like, think is under it? We're probably never gonna know, and that's and that's the other thing too. Like, well, because like I've seen the, like, it's like arc maps and stuff, and it's like maybe yeah, that looks like a good approximation, yeah, but we of, don't fucking know. Yeah, but we don't know. We don't know. And catastrophic global warming, notwithstanding, we'll probably never know. Like, unless there's some way to like bore a huge tunnel and put an elevator down there. And then, like, slowly, like, thaw out. Like, we don't, we, we'll, we'll probably never know what really actually is under that mile and a quarter ice. That's wild. Ah, oh, that's so wild. 
so all this ice, um, this makes up about 90% of the ice on Earth, and uh, there, and therefore about 70% of its fresh water. So 70% of the fresh water on Earth is on Antarctica. Um, Nestle Company don't make any plans to <laughs> go down there and set up, uh, here's Antarctic Spring from Nestle, because fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, you'll drink it. <laughs> Nestle. <laughs> uh, you also mentioned this too. If all this ice melted, again, mm-hmm. catastrophic global war- warming, uh, giant alien laser um, melts all this ice, uh, sea levels would rise 200 feet. Wow. Around the globe. That's crazy. Crazy. Damn, dude. You, you like, so like... Okay, so doing that in my head, yeah, you we're... guys would drown because Hudson Bay. Well, so like whatever, like the Great Lakes yeah. coming out of Hudson so, Bay, that would all flood out. Yeah, or, so, or, so or you guys that have like some nice beachfront property in Columbus, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, we're we're like roughly nine hundred feet above sea level, but that's just it. Like we have the Great Lakes just north of us, and yeah, Hudson Bay. So like, who knows what sort of like spill off could could come this who who knows man well we would probably turn into like a like a inland lake or something like that even Damn. even just over here um I'd be, that'd be cool i'd be into it yeah i mean i mean i'm not into cool. it loss of life is tragic whatever but like God, I'm yeah into but it. in this thought experiment yeah that'd be that'd be pretty cool to see <laughs> but also like well, dude you mean, you mean to tell me we get rid of florida and california and the hipster mecca of seattle chocolate yeah yeah, and but then and have New like York, the Sierra yeah. Nevada range like protecting us. Like, nah, Colorado's fine. I'm in. Let's do her. Yeah, shit. Well, Texas and that, would yeah. flood. Most of New Mexico would be gone. Like, I'm in. Let's do right. her. Yeah, yeah. We could, we could, we could make that work. <laughs> uh, a few more uh, geographic features. Uh, the longest river, because yes, there actually are rivers with uh, flowing water in Antarctica. The longest river is called the Onyx River, which I think is kind of neat too. Um, and it's about 20 miles long. Okay. Uh, the Onyx River's source is Lake Brownworth, and it empties into the hypersaline Lake Vonda. Uh, <laughs> and I'm super sad that this is apparently canceled, and I would love to see it revived. Um, but up until uh, the year 1995, you could be inducted into the Royal Lake Vonda Swim Club. Oh shit! By full immersion skinny dipping, as witnessed by a Lake Vonda station staff member. You would even get a patch. You would be inducted into this society. It's not like a secret society, but you get inducted into the society because you went skinny dipping and submerged your head on a lake at the bottom of the goddamn world. I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. (laughs) It, it says this like it's a bad thing, but I honestly don't care. It says, however, there is no restrictions on photography of this event. But I'd be like, God damn right, take pictures of this. I don't care if my testes, like, sink back into my body. <laughs> get the before and after. If... Get you, like, dangling all regal and proud. And then get the right, after yeah. after you've submerged and they've shot into your throat. Yeah, we all you're right. We all know that sh- shrinkage is a thing, and God damn it, if ever if ever there's a great way to get sh- shrinkage, it's by 
full immersion skinny dipping on a lake at the bottom of the goddamn globe. Are you kidding me? Hell yes, I would do that. You you said hyper sailing though, right? True. This is true. So so that means that water's a lot colder than thirty two because salt lowers the like melting point or whatever. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. It it increases the um the oh yeah it increases the density the specific oh god there's a spe- there, there's a term for this like like the specific gravity yeah yeah the the, spe- the specific gravity meaning that it freezes at lower temperatures but then again if you go during balmy january <laughs> i because because i was looking at, at this too and and lake vonda only gets about like maybe like mid 30s surprisingly yeah, like like mid thirties Fahrenheit, which is still goddamn cold. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's doable. Well, I can speak to this one. I don't know if you know this, Josh, but I've done the polar plunge here in Alamosa a couple of years running. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love well, nothing and- more. I, listeners, I'm cold proof. I spec into fucking cold proof as a wizard. Yeah. So yeah, I'll jump into a frozen lake, and granted, it's not naked, but if there weren't children about, yeah, you, you bet your fucking happy ass and half a titty, I'd go and you know balls free in. <laughs> And yeah, 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 it's kind of weird when they do shoot up into your throat, but yeah, there's also well, something also, oddly liberating about it. Hell, I'll, I'll put that video up on the on the Twitter. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Well, and and as you've also demonstrated um, in the Great Lakes Shipwrecks episode, going going on this plunge naked is better because you don't have your clothes to like, one, weigh you down, and two, like, they get soaked with the cold water and lower your body temperature. So, no, like, skinny dipping is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, it's the more responsible route if you're thinking about it. It, it, it. it really is. It really is. And the fact that, yeah, this is a hypersaline lake. So, yeah, you, like, cannonball to, like, go under, but then you'll just pop right up. Yeah, because it, like, You don't have yeah. to worry about, yeah, just the 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 displacement. You're, you're, you're more buoyant. In denser, hypersaline waters. So yeah, I would. Of, of course, saying all this, I would hate for it to yeah get like ruined and become like a tourist trap and get uh, Himalayaized, Mount Mount Everestized, where it's just like a line of like people, and then there's the one dude on the diving board who's really scared, and everybody's yelling, "Come on, jump already!" <laughs> Well, so, like, you know about the Rainbow Road of Everest, right? Tell me about the Rainbow Road of Everest. So, up the so as you climb Mount Everest, if you don't do it right, you'll die. Right. And there's really no way to, like, get a body down. It's more effort and time than you have time for. So, they just leave yep. the body. So, the Rainbow <laughs> Road is this certain stretch where people just freeze to death. And they call it the Rainbow Road because of all the different colored jackets. Oh, that makes sense. But maybe there'd be a really cool rainbow road to this little lake. Like it'd be, yeah, yeah. I'd be into it. Like you, yeah, you, you like uh, sprint up the rainbow road, jump into the hyper saline lake, and hope to God that you don't freeze to death coming out. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then instead of like discarded oxygen tanks, it's like discard. Well, I, yeah, it'd still be oxygen tanks, but then with like scuba gear versus, um, yeah, we uh, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the Royal Lake Vonda Swim Club um, shut down in 1995. But listeners, Ooh. maybe we can start. Maybe we can start a campaign. Um, hashtag Royal Lake Vonda Swim Club 2022. 
It's gonna happen. It's a new year, new energy. We can make it work again. New year, new me freezing to death in another continent. <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, okay. So also, um, speaking of lakes, um, I'd like to talk briefly about Lake Vostok, which, yes, yes was named after the boat uh, piloted by uh, Billingshausen. Uh, Vostok is the Russian word for east. So it, it maybe doesn't exactly line up that a boat named East made it all the way south. But, hey, they didn't plan it in advance. They discovered this for the first time, you know? Hey, man, you go far enough east, you're going to hit south eventually if you go the wrong fucking way. So it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. But, so there is Lake Vostok, and it is the largest lake in Antarctica. It's the largest subglacial lake in the world. Uh, it sits under the East Antarctic Ice Sheet uh, at about 16,000 feet below sea level. So here's wait, a lake wait, wait, that... Wait, wait, do that again? Sorry? 16,000 feet below sea level. Yes. So this subglacial lake sits at about a third of a mile below like what we would call sea level just because, yeah, it got, it got scooped out there. Um, wow. It is the sixth largest lake in the world by volume uh, okay. at about 1,300 cubic miles. Oh, uh, wow. Which is between Lake Superior, which is the fourth largest, and Lake Michigan, uh, the seventh largest. Because, again, just had our Great Lakes episode not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Here's a lake that is on par with one of those Great Lakes that sits a third of a mile below sea level under an enormous ice sheet in Antarctica. It's it this is crazy, Mark. This is crazy. <laughs> it's also weird that it's under. Like yes. You All right, I'm having weird flashbacks to our um underground houses episode when we were hobbits. <laughs> and I got super pissed off at that dickhead that buried the submarine. All right, tell yeah, me about this. Tell me about this, Josh. Tell me about this bad Larry. Okay, so, so yeah, I already mentioned it. it's it's a uh, 1300 cubic miles of water. And kind of like you were saying, we have no idea is there life in this subglacial lake? I mean, we've there've all sorts of like extreme forms of life. Are, are there little bacteria um, uh, eukaryotes kind of floating? Who who knows? Who knows? This also blew my mind, too, that it's water. Because, again, it's on... Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll not bury the lead. Um, <laughs> the the uh, ice sheet that sits above Lake Vostok uh -huh. is 12,400 feet thick. Two, two miles. Fucking A. It sits under two fucking miles of ice. <laughs> and you said it's negative 1,600 feet at sea level? Yes. God damn, sir. Okay, neat. I'm in. So, given all that, and it's in, and it's in, uh, it's it's in like yeah, kind of like a centralized part of Antarctica too. So, some estimates say that uh, the water of Lake Vostok may may be isolated, may have been isolated for anywhere between 15 and 25 million years. Wow. 
so here's this here's this balloon that's the sixth largest lake in the world that's remained untouched potentially for 15 to 25 million years well so without being too much of a party pooper mm-hmm hmm I don't think you're going to find anything real giant and ooky spooky inside the lake itself. I I would agree. Figure yeah, we ran out of really cool shit about tw- about 20-ish million years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think you'd be really hard pressed to find vertebrates down there. So it is. It's probably You could find the vertebrates, but I bet there there's not going to be like you're not going to find like any like dope ass like you know, placoderms or something down there from like way, right. way back when. But yeah, yeah, maybe just some real, some real simple. I don't know, something like that. Uh, or not even simple. Like it could be like not highly advanced, but like yeah, it could. You could definitely. You know, I bet it has its own like. I bet it has its own like endemic population of really prehistoric fish that haven't had to change. So that's pretty fucking cool. If right. nothing else, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is super, super cool. And and and. Um, our next segment. Which also kind of like puts my heart at ease a bit because like you're not going to like, you know, do your jumping, you know, the, the Royal Lake Club jumping. Oh, God, there's a Dunkleosteus. Nah, just a pissed off lake trout that's really big. It's okay. Yeah. Well, now I hate to maybe be the bearer of bad news. Nah, bear um, that bad news. I won't so... shoot the messenger. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> uh, so, uh,. Back in 2012, uh, there was a uh, Russian science team okay. uh, who wanted to, again, find out more about Lake Vostok. And so this Russian science team completed the longest ever ice core. So again, through 12,400 feet, two miles, uh, they, 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 they made this ice core and they, and they penetrated, they made it to Lake Vostok. And they say that they got a pure sample of the water there. It's the Russians, so who who knows? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the following year, I don't know if this is a different team. I was trying to find it. I don't know if it's a different team or the same team, whatever. Uh, but in 2013, there was another uh, ice boring down at Lake Vostok that may have contaminated the lake with freon and kerosene used to keep the borehole from freezing. Oh, no. So... Well, no. No, it's probably big enough. So this is apparently what happened. So they made their their boring. They were drilling down, um, again, over two miles, kind of got their sample, and then apparently a bunch of water rushed up. Out of like okay. the borehole, and because yeah, because uh, it's so cold there and it is water, you do you do have to have some way to keep everything from freezing, and freon and kerosene in some combination with whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. My kind of hope is well, if water was rushing up out, then like the pressure of it and the currents of it, hopefully it like pushed all that shit out too, right? Like it, it created like a like a the the pressure and the move, movement of the water up out the borehole, maybe that carried most or all probably whatever, and it didn't get contaminated. Hopefully, yeah, maybe. hopefully. But again, we don't really know because it's under two miles of ice. <laughs> yeah, it's probably fine. 
then it's probably fine. It's probably fine too. So, so do you think like within that two miles of ice, there's like a weird sub, uh, how do you do that? A sub layer lake in the ice. So that yeah, there's that big one. But you punch down into the one, dump the kerosene into it. Oh fuck, it's all bad. But really, you know, another like fifteen hundred feet down, that's where the real trouble begins. Yeah, I'm 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 sure there's because because yeah, a lot of how they do this is is like you mentioned too, right? Like like certain kind of like like radio wave penet can can like penetrate through the ice and then it bounces back up, and that's how they kind of measure stuff. I'm I'm sure there's probably little eddies in like glacial streams. Um, that are just too small to actually count. So it could be maybe maybe they had a kerosene spill in some little like subglacial uh, creek or some, something. Uh, but but I, I I just don't know. I just don't know. I hope not. I hope not because I would yeah. I would be really pissed off if here was this thing that was just great and awesome for up to twenty five million years and then. Oops! Here's a little, um, you know, <laughs> petroleum <laughs> in Freon. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> but you know, hey, like I said, sometimes you got to crack a few uh, seal skulls to find a new continent. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> sometimes you have to uh, contaminate Poison a, a couple shagas to find a real lake. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So. Few more things here on the geography slash geology realm, and I know you're going to get especially excited about these because um, we're going to talk about mountains and even volcanoes. Ooh. Yes, right, there ready. are volcanoes. So the uh, tallest peak on Antarctica is Mount Vinson of the Vinson Massif. Okay. And uh, uh, Mount Vinson has an elevation and a prominence of. 16,050 feet. Okay, pretty good size. So yeah, that's that's pretty good size. And I I think I have this distinction clear in my mind and I'm not like I'm not fully like dumping this in, into your lap, but can you kind of help help me and help our listeners out? What what exactly is the difference between elevation and prominence? Oh shit, I have no idea about that one. Okay. No. Okay, because I think it's something like elevation is like from sea level, and then prominence is from like some measurement of land close by. Because it's yeah, like one thing. Because I think elevation, yeah, elevation should be off sea level, yeah. And 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 I think prominence is like as compared to like nearby. Because because like for instance, so like there's a difference between Mount Blanca, which is a fourteen thousand right. foot peak. Uh, and then like and then the San Luis Valley floor is like you know seventy four hundred feet something like that. So oh, because you're talking about like the relativity of it, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Because like, what like, is it like? Kilauea is the like largest mountain in the like United States territory, but it's because we right. measure if you measure it from sea level. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, but yeah. It also has yeah, a yeah. prominent. I think I think it's something like that. I saw a graphic on Wikipedia, and these. Uh, uh, oatmeal stouts from Brewdog are <laughs> making me forget that, but it's something like that. But still, yeah, sixteen thousand foot peak. Um, and but this really, like, if you're just doing like elevation, yeah, that should be off like the base sea level of like where we're yeah, all like equal. Mean, like sixteen thousand is still pretty. I mean, that's bigger than anything yeah. in Colorado. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Well, fuck, I'm, McKinley's I'm, what seventeen 
I think. And I that's think the highest right. one in America. Yeah, but... I think you're right. So, so, okay, and then this also blows my mind. So the tallest peak on Antarctica was only discovered in 1958. <laughs> so that was, again, what, like 70 years ago, 65 years ago? That, that was the only time. For contents? For con- wow, con- wow. Okay, maybe I'm fucking housed because these <laughs> fantastic haze are a little strong. For context, um, yeah, Einstein died in 58. Like, That's crazy. Right? That's crazy. Right, yeah. and and it was discovered uh, by U.S. Navy aircraft, so they were doing like a flyby, and that's and that's how they found it. Um, only eight years later, in 1966, was Mount Vincent climbed was first climbed by an American team led by Nicholas Clinch. So again, like this whole like, hey, here's a thing. Quick, boys, we got to climb it. We got to do it. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that idea. Of, and I don't care who it is. You can be... It doesn't matter, like, what race you come from, what color you, we identify as, whatever. God damn yeah. it, man. If you see a thing, that is the human spirit to go climb that fucking thing. And I think that's so cool. Like, it is... Man, it fucking is. Paula Tadena, man. Like, pa- Paula Tadena uh, plus The Sound of Music... Climb every mountain. <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were going to go, The hills are alive with the sound of shoggoths. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, oh, and then... And then I would I, I would totally be dropping the ball. And even you mentioned this when I when I said Mark Antarctica. What are things you 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 named this right off the bat? And so we got to we got to at least finish up uh, the geology the, the geology geography section. Yeah. Uh, yes, Antarctica is home to many volcanoes. The largest one, the highest one, is Mount Sidley, mm-hmm. uh, and its elevation is. Uh, 14,058, so it's also a 14er, uh, and it says its prominence is uh, 8,258. So I think that's like from sea level, it's for it's a 14er, and then its yeah. prominence is uh, something like that, whatever, whatever. Uh, but then the well, one because you mentioned, then it'd be sitting on like a mile and a half, or like not quite a mile and a half of ice. Yeah, that stands to reason. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. right. Uh, and then the one that you mentioned, uh, Mount Erebus, which was also named after. One of those uh, uh, ships that, that Ross had. Uh, it is the second highest volcano, and it is the highest active volcano. Yeah. Um, Mount Erebus is 12,484. Uh, elevation and prominence. Uh, it's located on Ross Island, um, and it is the southernmost active volcano. And it is. It is. If you look it up, like, I don't know if it's had any major, like, eruptions recently but no it's it is it is it is active it's an active volcano on goddamn antarctica which okay so active means that like there's still like there's still tectonic forces and shit there's still stuff making it be active that's that's fucking nuts dude like but beneath all of this fucking ice like there is still fire not and, and not to get like super reductive about it but like beneath all the ice yeah there's still fire down below and it's still doing mm-hmm. shit like that's yeah, right. nuts, and, man! And, Holy shit! Yeah, 
And well, and yeah. and that uh, Mount Erebus is on Ross Island. So so yeah, th- th- it's it's maybe not quite as tall as uh, Kilauea, but it's that. It's like Kilauea on Antarctica in the snow and ice, um, and 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 active and like currently, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Uh. So so yeah, I just. As I, I, I knew I wanted to have a, a segment on geography and geology um, and just to, to see if, if you do you do you know off the top of your head or do you have any guesses like because most of the continents, if I understand this right, they they're essentially like floating granite. Right. Right. Um, sh- sure. Yeah. Kind of like that. Sometimes, do, do you know, if, sometimes do you know if there's anything special? special about antarctica or is it kind of a granite basic bitch i don't know (laughs) granite basic bitch Uh, (laughs) i really i really don't know i other than the fact that it's still active which means that if it's active they're still active like there's something beneath it that's still moving about okay because like okay so like figure um so here in um in the san luis valley you have the lagarita caldera right Mm-hmm. So that caldera was the largest prehistory explosion in history. It dumped something like 50 kilometers of ejecta when it went and created that caldera. But now it's dead. Now it's not doing shit. Versus like Erebus, which is still active. And that and I do know that Erebus was like it it has had a couple like big like it's big events. But, like, so, I do also know that, like, it's a stratovolcano, so, like, it just builds up. Mm, Like, over time, it, like, dumps shit, builds up, and builds up more and more and more. It dumps shit out on top of itself. It doesn't have the really big, like, violent explosive eruptions, but it's still blowing crap out of itself. And as it blows crap out of itself, that makes it higher and higher and higher. So, one of these days, Erebus more than likely will just, like, flip its shit and explode and when Which, that happens, like, oh baby, that's that's the like fucking horror of the of the South is when Erebus goes. Not for just, us, but like, man, Argentina's gonna be fucked. Well, and and, and I'm thinking too about uh, it, it. It's not exactly equivalent, but it's the connection my mind is making is like Iceland. Um. And and yeah, like there was that was it was it was it like 2011, 2012, something like that. Iceland had a crazy eruption, and like people in Europe were freaking out. Like, oh, they're still having them, yeah. And there's yeah, right, no way right. I can pronounce the name. Like, but dude, yeah. like I want to say last year, we were flying mm-hmm. drones over the top of it. It was just actively like bubbling up, and it looked like a giant like it looked like a giant cauldron, and it was just doing its own thing. And yeah, right, 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 right. And uh, essentially, so- that's what Erebus is like. Figure a stratovolcano is more, it's it's more docile, but it's more active, if that makes sense. Because it's more apt to, like, act up and dump shit out, but it's not going to, it's not going to pull a Vesuvius and blow, you know? Right, right. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, and so, and I guess just one kind of final note here on, on the geology, geography front. Um, how, how I, one of the reasons I, or one of the ways I first kind of stumbled on this topic um, I don't know if this was in like our science or something on Reddit, um, but I found this kind of interactive map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and honestly, this is all the way back in 2013. So this is like old, but this is my first time seeing it. Um, and this is on the NASA website, nasa.gov. 
Uh, if you look up NASA's Ice Bridge mission, um, okay. you, you'll probably be able to find it. And they have an interactive map um, where the satellite was, was taking measurements and doing all that. And it generated what it thinks could be like the land masses under Antarctica and all this ice. Because when I think of Antarctica, that's what I think of. I think of this yeah. giant, relatively flat sheet of ice. And when you slide the interactive map one direction, yeah, that's what you see. That is what it looks like from on the top. And then when you slide it the other direction and what the mountain ranges look like, probably, possibly underneath, it's wild. It's crazy. It's like it's like the Rocky Mountains. It looks um, kind of like a, I think if I'm ta- if you're talking about the one that I'm thinking of, it looks kind of like America, kind of sort of, right? You're right. Yeah, it but it's like, like America back when we had the uh, Cretaceous Interior Seaway. So like all of like Nevada and like Montana and most of Colorado and shit is like covered in water. But there's the big ranges on either side of it, right? Is that the one you're looking at? I'm 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 looking at. Um... I mean, the full URL is, would, would be a mouthful. Well, no, but no, not. no. But I mean, like, just the, like, picture kind of, sort of, like. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, it's, it's. um. And then there's, like, a weird, like, island archipelago to the, like, the northwest, right? Uh, uh Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So, so if you, if, if, if you listeners, if you Google um, NASA Ice Bridge mission contributes to new map of Antarctica, um. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to find it. And it is. It's a full-on... You might as well be flying over the Rocky Mountains. Um, just just some of these some of these peaks here. It's it's crazy. It, it's crazy cool. I, I found this thing, and I wanted to learn more about Antarctica. And, and, that, and that was one of the genesis... One of the genesis uh, for, for this uh, episode here. Um, but yeah. there's... Oh, man. Okay. I'll try to... Ah. Uh, I have so much more. I have so much. I got horned up for Antarctica and I'll try to maybe I'll, I'll try to maybe speed run a few things here, but um, yes. Like, so, so next I want to talk about biology because as Jeff Goldblum, as Ian Malcolm said, life uh, finds a way. Uh, And of course there's life in and around Antarctica. Uh, You mentioned penguins. Of course, we've talked about seals and whales. There's colossal squid. uh, Mm -hmm. There's fish. There's marine and terrestrial uh, invertebrates, bugs around Antarctica. Um, yeah, isopods. Just yeah. There's there's also apparently these things called ice fish that have uh, antifreeze proteins in their blood and in their mm-hmm. tissues, um, which I think is just neat. Uh, there's the uh, Antarctic toothfish and the Patagonian toothfish. Uh, Disostictus mossoni and Disostictus uh, eleganoides, respectively. Um, and if you're thinking like, okay, well, yeah, maybe they're just little tiny things that somehow uh, prevent themselves from turning into fish sickles. No, these bad boys can grow up to six meters uh, long, weigh 100 kilos, and live for 45 years. So these giant ice fish. <laughs> what is that, like 18 feet and... 245 it's, it, pounds holy shit uh, uh yeah two two meters is like six and a half feet uh about 220 pounds I'm and live for 45 metric. years <laughs> no it, it's a I, I was really torn between going between metric and imperial and maybe i should have trusted my gut and gone with we measure things in american around here um 
Mark, you mentioned this uh, way back in our gardening episode. Unfortunately, God damn it, yes, there are mushrooms on Antarctica. Of course um, there fucking are. Who do you think runs are. Antarctica? It's not the yeah. it's not man or seal, it's <laughs> goddamn fungi. And yes, there are over 1100 species of fungi on Antarctica. Uh Fuck's sake, really? Yeah, some 400 wow. lichens and 750 or so non-lichen fungi species. Um there's also 20 species of macroscopic fungi. So like Big big mushrooms, not just microscopic stuff. Goddamn fungi, man! Can't can't live with them. Can't live without them. The um, one that horns me up more than that is that um lichens one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They huh. are. They just they just do. They just do. Uh, as far as plants go, there's about 100 species of mosses, uh, 25 liverworts, uh, and there are three actual flowering plants. Uh, there's Antarctic gra- uh, hair grass, Antarctic pearl wart, and annual bluegrass. Quick, Foggy Mountain Roundup. Let's go. <laughs> Cue it. <laughs> uh, and uh, also, I know this. I-, I was excited to see this. Maybe you know about this once more. Um, yes, there. Uh, there have been discovered fossils of dinosaurs on Antarctica too. Yeah. Um, like like all the other continents, Antarctica, uh, or what is now Antarctica, once belonged to the supercontinent uh, called Gondwana. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was about from 550 to 180 million years ago, uh, uh, from the Neoproterozoic to the Jurassic, um, spanning the Paleozoic into the Mesozoic. Mark, I need to learn more about these time <laughs> eras because I had to double check this so many times. Like, like I, I'm like just barely like, okay, yeah, this is like the difference between classical and archaic Greece. I have no idea about Paleozoic and Mesozoic. I, I don't know the like band of years for those, but um, I guess so maybe that's figure something this I can is work the on. gap of time between like that massive extinction um, with the pe- the wow. God damn, fucking fantastic Haze IPA. You're doing your job. <laughs> um, this is the gap of time between the um, Cambrian extinction mm-hmm. to like when the dinosaurs first started up. But these are cool because a big one of these, and uh, man, I don't know what they're really called, but I mm-hmm. had a teacher that classified these guys as fat and sassies. And like, <laughs> it's sort of like if salamanders took steroids. You have like eight foot long okay. salamanders just rolling around. That's awesome. And that's, that's pretty fucking cool. cool. It's that it's that bridging in between like, um the the like four legged fish that were crawling up on land into mm-hmm. like the four legged pre proto lizards onto dry land into these guys. And yeah, it's it okay. really just like think of them as like big salamanders is what you would see okay. dominating this time. We're not quite into, like, the two-legged theropods. You might get a couple because, yeah, there could be some. But, yeah, it's this is a fun time. This is, like, the cool transitionary changeover period. Well, and you mentioned theropods. Uh, Probably most famously, there was a theropod fossil discovered on Antarctica um, uh, between the years 1990 and 1991, that kind Mm -hmm. of expedition. Uh, this was found on Mount Kirkpatrick by Dr. William Hammer. Stop, hammer time. Um, 
And this species uh, would be called uh, Creolophosaurus elioti, which means oh, yeah. uh, cold crest lizard. And so, yeah, this was a theropod, meaning like up on up on two legs, right? Uh, yeah, bird bird leg or bird hip, yeah. Creolophosaurus uh, elioti was up to uh, six and a half meters. That's about a little more than 21 uh, feet long uh, and weighed over a thousand pounds. You're looking at so like, like um, what you would think a Dilophosaurus was about right. that size. Right. And not, not Jurassic Park Dilophosaurus, like actual Dilophosaurus, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Creolophosaurus, uh, Creo means cold, like cryogenic, yeah? Yep. Uh, apparently, uh, lofo or or something along those lines mean crest, and mm-hmm. saurus means lizard. So this is the cold crested lizard. Yeah. Uh, and it was named Elioti because the like intern who found it or whatever that was his last name. <laughs> Which, good on him, man. Like you good on him. He, his name is uh, immortalized in a dinosaur, and mine probably will never be. So, so yeah, man. Uh, and also to our to what we made earlier, what else could be under that average one and a quarter uh, mile of ice on the continent of Antarctica? Yeah, goodness, goodness gracious! <laughs> goodness gracious. No shit, man! Like no shit. And well, and, and and because it was this like supercontinent, it wasn't Pangaea because that was a different supercontinent. It was. Gondwana, yeah, Gondwana uh, land, yeah, yeah. Like who? Yeah. How many even other that? Fat, so like, okay, assassins? so like, oh man, so like distribution of shit. So like in um Australia, there is mm-hmm. a species of giant monitor, and so figure monitors are like um Komodo dragons, that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but right now it's like an active Australian. Australian cryptid called Megalania. Well, no, it's not, but it is. But whatever. The species is called Megalania, and like Aboriginals, um, they reported killing these up to ten thousand years ago. Like they have tribal um oral histories of killing these things. And these are twenty foot long fucking Komodo dragons, like big old motherfuckers. So like (laughs) it is completely reasonable, especially if you go off the assumption that like um number one, like there's Aboriginal accounts of you used to be able to walk from Papua New Guinea to Australia on land and or ice sort of the same way that like, and this is like my kind of prevailing theory and some other anthropologists support this kind of prevailing theory of like, um, the first people in America came from Mongolia over the Bering land Strait. Mm-hmm. So with the Bering sea froze made the ice shelf. So the humans crossed over that way. And that's how humans got into Australia because at some point New um, New Zealand and New Guinea weren't all totally submerged. What you have now is the island chains are like the the tops of those mountains. So like you have like all this fucking space for stuff to like travel up and down and back and forth. It's totally reasonable. Yeah, like yeah. there were dinosaurs there. We just we can't get to them because they're just so can't buried. Can't get to them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. It's nuts. Exactly. Sorry, so I'm getting I, I'm getting super horned up like all no, too fast here. Thank you. No, thank you. Okay, and um 
there there is one, and I think and I think we will have enough time. Maybe this will be an Antarctic sized uh, episode here, but there is Fuck just yeah, one will. more my my one final segment that I have to talk about here. Um, so yes, while we know Antarctica as as the seventh continent, and true, there are no indigenous uh, human populations, no native population on the island. There are people living there now, residing there now, doing research, um, and. Uh, there's a bit of a territorial dispute going on over parts of Antarctica. Uh, several nations have laid claim to uh, Antarctica uh, in various territories. And there's even some kind of contested ones, too. So um, uh, Argentina, Australia, Chile, France, New Zealand, Norway, and the UK all have territorial claims to mm-hmm. Antarctica. Uh, and like I mentioned, some of these overlap. There are some countries who claim the same territory, um, specifically Argentina, France, and the UK. They all kind of variously, uh, yeah, have, I think it's between like the 80th degree up to like the 120th degree west from 90 degrees south up to about 60 degrees south yeah. uh, latitude. Those kind of like pie segments, those wedges. Um, yeah, uh, Argentina, Chile, and uh, the UK. Uh, yeah, they have like conflicting claims about that. Um, France was the first one. Goddamn France. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but they surrendered to the Penguins in the Great Ross Ice Shelf War. So True, this is true. Uh, but apparently uh, France was the first to lay a claim... On January 22nd, uh, 1840, so only like a couple decades after uh, people from the Northern Hemisphere actually stepped on there, um, some members of the crew of the uh, Jules Dumont d'Urville, some crew members disembarked on the highest inlet of a rocky group of uh, 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 coastal islands uh, where they took some minerals, algae, and animal samples erected the French flag and claimed French sovereignty over the territory. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so they weren't on like, I guess Antarctica proper, but they were on an island there and they say, we, we, we claim this land for France. <laughs> the penguins shall not stop us. Oh no, they are riding these seals. Retreat. Run away, run away. <laughs> save, save the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, France 2022. <laughs> 2022, baby. Still coming at you. <laughs> um, uh, so, yes. That, it wouldn't be a Two Wizards episode if we didn't throw some shade at the French. Uh, the most recent claim was in 1943 by Argentina. Uh, there's also a large unclaimed area called uh, Marie Birdland. And this is from uh, 90 degrees to 120 degrees west. And it is the largest unclaimed area on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's, it's probably going to stay that way for a while because in 1959, uh, there was the uh, Antarctic Treaty uh, that was signed uh, that prohibited further territorial claims. It set the continent aside for scientific research and it banned military activity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, be that as it may... Five other nations 
uh, still kind of make some claims or say that there's the potential to make claims to Antarctica, uh, although this treaty prevents them from actually acting on it. And those are uh, Brazil, Peru, Russia, uh, the, the Republic of South Africa, and of course, the United States. America! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Gonna get that sweet Antarctica! Um, <laughs> Shoggoths are the only way! <laughs> well, and, funnily enough, uh, so this was 12 years before this treaty was signed, but in 1947, the U.S. carried out Operation High Jump. Oh, Josh, to... don't even. You can't do this to me. <laughs> okay, so, so, yeah, before the treaty was signed, uh, Operation High Jump was to establish the research base, and this is the name, this research base on Antarctica was named Little America 4. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. What... What cute, simple life you lead. Yes, yeah, it was. Okay, yep. So uh, Operation High Jump was carried out by Task Force 68, which is comprised of 4,700 men, 13 ships, and 33 aircraft. 4,700 men, 13 ships. Okay, yep, okay. Uh, and they had six stated objectives. Okay. Um, some of them including training personnel and testing equipment in frigid conditions, uh, consolidating Cute. and extending the United States' sovereignty over the largest practicable area of the Antarctic continent, although this was publicly denied that uh -huh. it, it, was, it was a goal, it was an objective they had. Uh, they also were going to determine the feasibility of establishing, maintaining, and utilizing bases in the Antarctic uh, and investigating possible base sites. They were developing techniques for establishing, maintaining, and utilizing air bases on ice. Uh, and they... Because we hadn't already gotten into Alaska, but sure, fine, yeah. Well, and uh, apparently there was an earlier uh, expedition. Don't blame me. Don't get mad at me. Don't try to cancel me. I'm just reading the name here. But apparently the, the final uh, objective... that There was another one, like blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but the sixth and final objective was... Uh, 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 to, to continue the objectives of the Nanook expedition, which was a smaller equivalent operation conducted off eastern Greenland. Mm. So, yeah, 1947, uh, the United States was uh, uh, flexing around on Antarctica trying to establish a base down there. <laughs> I think I need to, like, call an audible, and I know what we're going to talk about next week, Josh. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough, great, great. It's probably going to be um, Operation High Jump, because, oh, baby... Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, well, well, then maybe I'll hold off on. Well, well, no. I, I think this is fitting. Um, uh, during this operation, uh, there were actually four uh, uh, American servicemen who who lost their lives. Mm -hmm. um, to the Shoggoths uh, and the Penguins. Yeah, to Shoggoths and the Penguins. Uh, Wendell K. Henderson, Frederick W. Williams, and Ensign Maxwell A. Lopez uh, died when their patrol bomber. So they're in a crew flying a patrol bomber around the Antarctic. But that crashed uh, December 30th, 1946. Uh, they perished. The surviving six crew members were rescued 13 days later. So these six mm -hmm. dudes had to survive on Antarctica for almost two weeks before they were rescued. That's God crazy. Damn. That's crazy. 
Uh, and uh, uh, Vance and Woodall died during a, quote, ship unloading accident, end quote, on January 21st, uh, 1947. So, so there were catch- there, there were fatalities uh, during Operation High Jump. Yeah. Uh, and, but hey, that was all before. That was all before these treaties, right? And uh, hey, that was in the past, whatever. Nope. <laughs> nope. 1965, 10 soldiers of the Argentine army, led by Colonel Jorge Edgar Leal, carried out Operación 90, which was a ground expedition to the South Pole. Um, They they left uh, the Argentine Belgrano army base, and they traveled 850 miles to go to the South Pole, and they performed this in secret uh, so they wouldn't piss off the U.S. and the Soviet Union during the Cold War. <laughs> they just they got on snowcats and snuck down to the South Pole and came back um, two months later. <laughs> <laughs> so so right now, um, can you – well, I don't want to step on your toes. Never mind. Sorry. Never mind. No, well, no, no, no. Go for it. Well, I was gonna say, so like right now, um, as a as a what do you call that? Like a as a world culture, how mm-hmm. come we don't have bases on Antarctica, Josh? Or like, how come like America hasn't claimed it, Russia hasn't claimed it, Australia hasn't claimed it? I don't, I don't so, know. If, I didn't know if you were like gonna talk about that at all, but I think that's kind of important. Yeah, yeah. So at, at least from what I understand, so so the um, Antarctic Treaty. And then it would later be expanded into the Antarctic Treaty series, so it would kind of get like renewed every so often. Um, so, so there were twelve signatories of to, to this treaty who represented fifty-four parties. So, like, there were twelve nations who signed this on behalf of fifty-four nations totally. Um, and yeah, I think just as long as we're all agreeing to abide by this treaty, no one is. And yes, there are scientific research base, bases and stations. There clearly are humans still living on Antarctica. But as far as why no one country just says, okay, screw you, we claim Antarctica. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the same with the moon. There's like treaties preventing like territory claims on the moon and stuff. But uh, 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 an agreement is only as strong as the paper it's written on, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but again, like, I, I, it, it'll take a while. I think it'll take a while to get to this point, even then. But, like, yeah, barring, like, catastrophic uh, climate change, when people are like, oh, shit, we can't live on the sea coast anymore. We got to move to Antarctica. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's, too, it's too hot to grow crops anywhere else. Yeah, I don't. I don't anticipate. Yeah, that like conflict heating up. If you'll pardon my pun. Um, ho 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 ho. So well, but also that's, like it's a collaborative effort, right? Like we're all kind of right. just we're down there. We're just gonna be okay. We're gonna pal around. We're gonna call it good, right? Like, I've I've heard similar comparisons uh, between working on one of these Antarctic research stations to like working in the International Space Station. It's like, okay, whatever, like, bullshit is going on. uh, They're like, no, like, we're here. We have a job to do. We're professionals. We're multilingual. We can speak Russian and English both equally well. 
And God damn it, let's just do some science. And I think that's part of it, too. They're, they're going for a science victory, not a domination victory. Which is the way it fucking ought to be. Like, which, is, which is the way it col- ought to be. Collaboration between all nations. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right, right, right. I think that's exactly. cool, though, because we've, unless I'm wrong about it, like, we all kind of, like, decided as mm-hmm. a species, I don't know what you call that. I don't know, I don't know what you call us, like, at the world stage level, but, like, right. uh-huh. we've all come together and said, no, no, we're not going to fuck with Antarctica. We can check it out, but, like, we're mm-hmm. all going to agree not to, like, go conquer it. Yeah, and even though uh, Argentina and Chile and UK, even though some of their territorial claims made before this treaty even though those are in contention like yeah there's there's not like people dying or like you know like there's bloodshed. no great antarctican war like right right so i i also think that that's it, it was just like okay hey you know it was the early part of the 20th century we all got really gung-ho but like we still kind of gotta maintain I, I don't know something like that but um but yeah also also, kind of fittingly, at least for the future of Antarctica, there there, there is there are actual native-born Antarcticans. Really, uh, Emilio Marcos Palma, born January seventh, nineteen seventy-eight, is an Argentine citizen who is the first person known to be born on the continent of Antarctica. So there is a. Emilio is a Argentine citizen, but born on Antarctica. Holy shit. Um, since then, so he's like 10 years older than us. Yeah. We could we could find him and have a beer. Um, yeah. Since his, since his birth, there have been about 10 other human beings born on the continent. Really? So, again, those researchers... Maybe some cold, lonely nights there in the winter, and you can only it's watch cold. John Carpenter's it's It. Dark. What do you do? The thing. Yeah. John Carpenter didn't do it, Josh. That was Stephen King. Yeah. Or, or well, 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 no, no, but he did the no, no, but he did the movie. Right? John Carpenter didn't do it. No. No, 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 no. The thing, thing. Yeah. You said of. John Carpenter's It. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Sorry. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anyway. So who knows? Maybe. Um, or, or you're a researcher and you finally landed this sweet grant that's going to pay for all your stuff. The next morning you feel a little queasy. You take a test. Well, I'm not going to cancel this research trip just because I'm preggers. No, God damn it. My kid's going to be born on Antarctica. Um, <laughs> so even if they weren't like conceived on Antarctica, they were at least, at least born. And so I you're also saying think there's fucking neat. Antarctica anchor babies. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's all the emperor penguins saying, build that wall, build that wall. (laughs) 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 So, so yeah, I just, that's all I have. I could go on and on, but I, we could go on and on. There's going to be a two parter for this in about a week and a half. Cause I've got like some notes to revisit and another book to read that I read a long time ago, but Oh Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It it was. It it started off as the silly kind of, oh, won't won't somebody think of the South Pole? And then I saw this neat interactive map that showed, like, what the landmass actually looked like of this continent or probably looked like of this continent. And then, yeah, I I don't know if I fell down a rabbit hole, but maybe I fell down a 
two mile boring hole, borehole into Lake Vostok. Um, maybe I inhaled some Freon along the way and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in awe and I wish this continent would get more love, but I also appreciate that it's so harsh and so isolated and yeah, it's still, it's like even as close, even as quote unquote close as it is to Argentina, that's still like 500 miles. Um, I got on Google maps and Google maps, uh, shits its pants when you try to like scroll down to Antarctica. It, it oh yeah. It, it doesn't like it. Yeah. It, 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 it and, and, and I love that. I love that. Cause it is, it, it is that sort of like last frontier of the yeah. like surface of our planet that we don't know much about. It's super treacherous to get there. People still die. Um, and I love that. And there's a part of me that wants to like protect that and be like, that's right, Antarctica. Like, you kill them. Keep, you get them. Yeah, you kill them. You keep Marie Birdland unclaimed. You keep that territory. Cause yeah, uh, when you're at the Mountains of Madness, that maybe that's it too. I just, I also just really want something Lovecraftian to come out of Antarctica. <laughs> Join us in February when Josh and I read At the Mountains of Madness in its yeah. entirety for like three and yeah, a half fucking hours. We almost At this have point, to. gun to our head, marathon. there it is. <laughs> it's going to be a marathon to this episode. So I guess, Mark, with that note, final, final thoughts on Antarctica. I love it. It horrifies me. It terrifies me. You, I think, Josh, right now with this episode, you might have kicked the anthill that will be our, like... January week three into February week two episode arc. Cause goddamn, do I have some shit to talk about with operation high jump? We didn't talk about like the Nazi sub pens. We didn't talk mm. about uh, John Carpenter's the thing. We didn't talk about alien versus predator. Like let's watch alien versus predator and just be dumb about it. I don't know, but we, we can do God that damn. Too. Yeah, we can. We, can. we definitely yeah. can. I'm also fucking housed on a, <laughs> This stupid, fantastic haze IPA. <laughs> no, man. These, I want to uh, go. I want to see it. I, Man, in my head, Toto's Africa is playing, but it's like, I bless the shoggoths in Antarctica. Gonna take some time to get the core samples we never had to do. Two miles deep. I don't know. Whatever. I yeah, love it. I love Antarctica. Thank you, Josh. This was man, a great episode, dude. Man, no, my, like, my I know you were talking shit at the top of it, like, oh, I can count on one hand, but fucking A, man. When you pull them out and do them, god damn, are they good ones, dude. And I, what, boy, and, do I and, appreciate you for them. Well, and that is a sincere challenge to myself. Like, okay, like, yes, you're doing the grad school thing, and you are really should be doing a lot more work on your dis- on, on your dissertation right now. But you know what? God damn it. You're a wizard and you you're have a fucking this beautiful wizard. thing. You're, you have this beautiful thing called the Two Wizards Podcast. And it's time to like share more of that with the world. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back to Antarctica uh, throughout, you know, the next couple episodes or whatever it ends up being. Um, and we'll just, we'll just enjoy the ride. We'll enjoy. Hell break- yeah. We'll just enjoy break, uh, breaking up ice in our little rickety uh, wooden wooden ship out of <laughs> Norwegian Sweden. 
<laughs> okay, um, so uh, listeners, tell tell us, let us know what are, is is it fitting that even though it's summer in Antarctica that we're talking about it right now in January? I think so. Uh, uh, have w- w- would you join us in the uh, uh, make the Royal Lake Vonda Swim Club active again? Will you join us in that movement? Um, let us know. Tell us your thoughts and feelings. Uh, and and there's multiple ways for you to do just that. You can send an email to two wizards podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at two wizards pod C one. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. Coincidentally, uh, you can find me, Josh, uh, on Twitter at plaid barbarian. Mark, what about you, buddy? You can find me on Twitter at Marky Stardust. Or you can find me on my other podcast, The Dangle Podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny talk about King of the Hill. And I think I saw recently a tweet about the Manger Babies, right? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh. I have a theory in Propane Boom, Luann suddenly manifests the Manger Babies onto her hands, and I am now certain that the Manger Babies are cursed fucking puppets. I mean, I can't wait to hear more about that. So, listeners, if you also want to hear more about that, check out the Dingle podcast. Um, and yeah, buddy, I, I just, um, I'm, I'm just floored. I'm, I feel like I'm under two miles of ice, and I've been frozen for 15 million years. And I, I just, oh man, I should probably drink some more water. <laughs> Nah, fuck that. Double down. Drink salt water. It'll make you stronger. <laughs> the hypersaline, crystal clear waters of Lake Vonda. Because <laughs> if you're there, you got to drink some of it, right? Or did you really fucking go? Yeah, true. This is true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, tagging along with us. Um, as always, I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard. I'm Mark. I'm a wizard. We love you all, everyone. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Take care. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!